Are you a man looking for an intensive program to help you overcome sexually addictive behaviors? Gateway to Freedom is your answer. Gateway to Freedom is a three-day workshop for men seeking to overcome any destructive sexual habits. Whether married, single, or divorced, Gateway to Freedom will help men regain hope for a new life of purity and real contentment. The workshop is conducted by experts in the field of sexual addiction recovery with decades of combined experience. Read testimony of workshop alumni at gatewaymen.com. Get all the info and register online at gatewaymen.com or call 1-800-49-PURITY. Hi, my name is Jonathan, and I'm the founder of the Gateway to Freedom Workshop. I want to personally invite you to register for our next workshop coming up October 13th through the 15th in Colorado in the foothills of the majestic Rocky Mountains. So call us today at 1-800-49-PURITY that's 1-800-497-8748 or visit gatewaymen.com. Welcome to Pure Sex Radio with your hosts, Jonathan and Stephen. This dynamic program is designed to educate, encourage, and equip listeners with the tools necessary for living a life of sexual purity. Visit us online at puresexradio.com. And now, please welcome Jonathan and Stephen on Pure Sex Radio. Good day, radio listeners. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. We're glad to have you with us. My name is Jonathan. I'm here with Stephen Cervantes. So how are yes. you? Yes. Hey, we're on camera. I still got to get used to this. Yes. You know? Steve's getting more and more excited with each episode to, <laughs> to be on camera. Hey, this is what I look like, and this is what he looks like, and oh, that's what you look like. Oh, okay. All right. So, well, before we uh, we we dive in, um, I want to share with you about our, because we're going to be talking this time about our uh, Gateway to Freedom workshop, and I just want to share a little bit about that because I think it is, um, it's really one of our, our primary resources that we have for men who are struggling and just really want to uh, really have a catalyst, you know, for their next stage of growth. So no matter whether a guy is on day one or day a thousand and one, and he just feels either stuck or just needs to gain that momentum for the next season, uh, Gateway to Freedom has helped hundreds of men to be able to kind of get those next steps in order. And if you'd like to learn more about Gateway to Freedom and just when the next workshops are coming up, we do them in Texas and Pennsylvania. We opened up Florida this year. Uh, We also still do some in Colorado. You can go to gatewaymen.com and learn about that. So, Stephen, we had some exciting, an exciting milestone recently with some Gateway guys. And I'd love for you to just share with us and kind of set up. So I get this call and it was from one of the guys that had been in group. He'd come to a weekend, and after the the Gateway weekends, we do follow-up calls. Um, and they're probably doing the calls about twice a month now. That that schedule varies a little bit. But, but uh, a gentleman called and said, we've been meeting for one year. The same five guys that work together in a group have been on calls a couple of times a month for a year. And I thought, wow, that's outstanding. Because you sort of get to know these guys and and you spill your guts some and and really you tell these guys in group stuff most people don't know. It's just mm-hmm. a safe place. You can just let stuff out and you can leave it there. 
And so I get this call, hey, would you be on a call with us? And I said, sure. And then I don't know if Jonathan knows this, but I said, hey, call Jonathan too, and I'll volunteer him. He'll he'll be on a call too, I'll bet you if you ask him. So we both had the opportunity to check in with these guys after one year. So what, as part of my call, what I did was I asked them, could I ask each of you a question? What's happened to you after a year? You went to an intensive training weekend. You've been on call uh, every couple of months. Most of these guys are going to group in their local area, reading books, just still working on growth. And so I, we have five men. We never use names. We always ask for permission, and the guys always say, yes, if mm-hmm. it's going to bless my brother, you can share parts of my story. So, you know, we, we protect one another. This is not about any man, but it's about all men. Oh, yeah. And that we all struggle. We have so many similarities, and, and women also. We're just, we're people, and we're made by the same God, and so there's so much a commonality that you're going to hear yourself somewhere in here as we go over these. So is that a good enough lead in? Yeah. And I just have to say it's been cool because over the years we've actually been able to hear from uh, multiple groups actually that have kind of this long term connection after the workshop. And it's just Mm. so cool to see because we know what happens in the workshop in terms of the bonding and the, and just the connection that these guys make and so it always encourages me to see that they've got momentum not immediately, not just immediately after the workshop, but that carries forward. I mean, for a year, that's, that's pretty awesome. That is, because not all groups do, if we're right, you know, right, honest. Exactly. Some of the groups fall apart and people get distracted. But <clears throat> So Gateway Group Man Number One said, you know, I'm getting better, um, and I'm getting better for long periods of time, but I still struggle. And I love that because that's so honest. Mm-hmm. What, you didn't just get better right away when you left? No, but I'm getting better. I can see that I'm getting better. And for longer periods in between, I'm getting better. Yeah, and I love that because it means he's uh, – one of the things that I I have sort of grieved in our culture today, and, and when I say our culture, I mean kind of the American Western culture is we we struggle to live reflective lives so we don't we don't pay attention mm. to our lives as we are living them we're just so driven forward 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 right yes. and what i love him he's saying you know over this last year as i've continued to connect with these men and see my journey i'm realizing that i'm paying attention to the reality that the markers between when i've maybe failed or struggle they're getting farther and farther apart So he's seeing progress, which is great. I love that, too. He said, my relationship is getting stronger, which is good. And this is interesting. He said, living in a relationship is getting easier. Mm. Because we just think, well, just have a relationship, get in a relationship, grow a relationship. You know, for some people, relationships are hard. Being present is hard. Being emotional is hard. Listening intently is hard. Mm-hmm. It's easy to zone out, go away, lost in thought. But I am living in my relationship better. Well, and what I love about that is look at the correlation here. Relationship getting stronger and therefore living in that relationship is getting easier. It's like mm. 
maybe yes. there's a connection there in terms of, you know what, the more investment I make in intentionality that I put in growing a healthy relationship, maybe there's this sense of, hey, it doesn't always have to be a struggle all the time. It gets easier as you really invest and get stronger in that relationship. That's good. So he said, I am the anchor man. I've kept this group together for one year. And then he said, and I've done it for myself and the other guys. Mm. And I thought, that's really good. You got to take care of yourself on this journey. You got to get some help. You got to let some people know you. And while you're getting help and being known, guess what's happening to your brother? He's also being made to be insightful and dig in. Well, what I hear in this is just a natural leadership quality, too. And he's using that in this context. Mm. And I want to just say that to all the listeners out there that, uh, you know, if you have a natural bent towards leadership, um, man, what a great way to exhibit that is with another group, you know, to be able to, because like you said, he's he's kind of been the, the engine to keep this group going and keep them connected. And, and this is his What a positive now. thing. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. Yeah. That's good. So, he and then he made this interesting statement, and I want you and I to yeah. sort of play with this word picture because it wasn't explained but he said you know what after a year looking back at working my own personal recovery program you know what recovery looks like to me it looks like one of those silly slinky spiral things that old slinky yeah and for uh, for any of our listeners who are just far too young to know what a slinky is. I don't even know if they still make them. I'm sure they do in some some kind of way. But it's basically just this coiled. Now, when I was a kid, they were metal. They might yes. be plastic or something. But this, just this really thinly coiled uh, metal that then it can kind of be like an accordion sort of thing. But then you could get it. You could get it going down like steps or off of you know a table or something. And all you have to do is you set it down like a column. And then you sort of just tip it over, and then it, the momentum of it, it'll catch, and then it'll hit the next step, and then it'll pull the next one over, and it just kind of tumbles on itself like that, but in in sort of this caterpillary type kind of way. And I thought, when as soon as I read that, I thought, you know what? It is kind of just this, you have to get momentum going first. And sometimes it's hard to get that first, hmm. you know, bit of momentum going. But then once it gets going... It's like, oh, okay, it just kind of continues to, it can continue to tumble forward. But if you've ever seen a slinky, it has that point at which you think, well, is it going to make it to the next yes. step? And then it okay, hesitates for a second, yeah. then it goes. And so if you get a picture of this slinky walking down a bunch of steps, that's Jonathan's thought about this. So now clear your mind. And mine was, it's like a spiral, I think he's saying. There's a high point, and then we live off that high for a while, and we come back to a low point, and mm. we stay there for a while, and then that spirals back up, and where it's going so good, where everything's strong, and then life happens, we get distracted, worn out and tired, and we find ourselves in a bad place. And then we start pulling ourselves back up, and we're just <laughs> going round and round as we go forward with this spiraling thing. So anyway, that was my thought. So that's gateway guy number one. So gateway guy number two says, in the past, I would lie. I deleted stuff. I'd hide. And then I would tell myself, well, I'm doing my wife a favor. 
you know, I'm just helping her out by not telling her stuff. Mm. But he says, now there's just one policy, not two. Tell the truth sometimes and protect her and don't tell the truth. There's just one policy now. Just tell mm. the truth. That's Always good. now just tell the truth. Well, and I think that's a what he reveals here is a huge deception that a lot of guys get into of that idea of thinking that they are protecting their wives by not telling them certain things. Right. And uh and, and really that's just a self-protective mentality of saying I just don't want to face up to the reality that I'm, you know, I've I've done something that's betrayed her trust. But I love how he has simplified this. Hey, there's one thing. Truth, just tell the truth. Yes. And and I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. So he said, after Gateway, if you can imagine five or six guys in a circle, maybe seven guys sitting in a circle, and we're all going to tell our life story, introduction to sexuality and porn and struggles and confusion as young men getting caught up and all that. And it's just a rich event that occurs. And then Jonathan stands up between sessions and challenges with all these thoughts. So there's these stories there's counselor time talking. There's teaching time with Jonathan. There's just this this massive flooding of information. So he said, I was flooded with thoughts that weekend. I could not express everything in my head. So at night, I started sharing my thoughts with my wife. Mm. Just a few thoughts. Just I'd use my notebook some, things that came to me. And for a month, every night, I would share some thought in my head with my wife. Mm. Well, and what I love about this, this actually kind of takes me back to the slinky idea. There's like this unpacking that has to happen. And, and initially, I think it's hard to get that that momentum going in that direction. Because like you said, there's so much. And really, mm-hmm. you notice this too in the small groups, right? When guys start to unpack their story, you know, you have the guy that might come in and, and he shares his quote unquote life story in three minutes. Right. right. And then he realizes, wait a second, there's a whole lot more layers to that. And it's like as you get through each layer, I don't know, you just realize there's more and then there's more and then there's mm-hmm. more. And I love the fact that he has learned how to then invite his wife into that space and and be courageous enough to let her be part of that, you know, that storytelling. And that leads right into the next one. He said After I went to Gateway and got all the stuff out and sort of threw it all up, it was easier to go home and to let my wife into different parts Mm. of myself that I hadn't let her in before. Yeah, that's good. So over the last year, my wife has become more of my focus. I've grown more in love with my wife over the last year. Man, you know what? And again, I see such a correlation. What happens, and men, I really want you out there, if you're listening, to, to hear this. What happens when you begin to clean out the clutter in your mind that has been so, uh, you know, bound up in lust and lustful thinking and, you know, addictive thinking? What happens? You, you clear that clutter out, and then what, what are you able to do? you're able to bring attention and focus mm-hmm. where it needs to be, which is that, that one flesh relationship with your with your wife. And so I love what he's seeing here. He's seeing, again, that correlation between, you know, this journey I'm on for purity, man, it's helping me fall in love all over again in a deeper way with my wife. Oh, that's good. That's good. 
He said, sometimes a piece of my past comes back, and it sort of haunts me. But I remember my rule, no lying. Mm. Man, and let's just, you know, as I hear that, Stephen, let's just acknowledge the reality that that what he's saying here, as simple and as true as it is, it's hard, isn't it? Yes. To even just abide by that one rule is hard, right? Because does time. our shame, our yeah, fears, our all fears. that kind of stuff wants That's to right. keep us from doing that. But I love the fact that, you know, he says sometimes these things want to come and haunt me, but he has clung to one thing. Yes. <laughs> and and that's another thing, too, I think that's important for our listeners to hear. When you start looking at your story in your life, it can be very complex and complicated, right? And then sometimes you can shift over to a recovery program or something, and next thing you realize is, well, I'm adding complication on complication because there's mm. 50 things that they want me to do in this oh, recovery. right. And I love the fact that he latched on to one thing, truth. Just tell the truth. Hey, let me... Maybe in another year or two, I'll have another thing that, another rule that I can have. But it's like, just start simple. Yeah, that's good. And it leads to more sanity if you think about it. Because he goes on to say, today I feel more powerful. I just feel like I have more power in my life. And if I think about it, it's like I have greater control of my inside self. Mm -hmm. Isn't that a great thing? Don't we all want Mm -hmm. more peace and joy and rest and less dirty, sneaky, hiding fantasy? And you know what I would say to this? What I see in this is I see see the power of the Holy Spirit working in him. Because what do we know that the Bible says is a fruit of the Spirit? Self-control. So when he says, I feel more powerful, what he's been experiencing is what happens when you open yourself up to the Spirit of God being able, guess what? He starts producing fruit, and one of those pieces of fruit is, hey, there's more control. I, I don't I don't feel these compulsions to have to go do these other activities. So Gateway Man number three says, hey, you know, growth is hard work. Amen. Growth is, it's easy to stay the same. It's easy to go backwards. It's, it's easy e- to get worse. <laughs> it's easy to get worse or to go sideways or to go underground. But to grow, mm-hmm. it's just hard work. So I had a uh, I had a breakfast this morning with a guy that um, does great marriage min- ministry in our church. And, and we were talking. He said, you know, you think about the Mississippi River, you know, runs north to south. And he said... If you're in, uh, you know, if you're in the middle of the United States and you basically want to get up to the, you know, up into Minnesota, mm-hmm. of the Mississippi River, he said you can't do nothing. He said you're in a canoe, you're gonna have to paddle. Yeah. You're gonna have to paddle if you want to go against that current in order to get up to, you know, where you want to go. And in many ways, this is kind of the way it is. If you do uh. nothing. You're not going to move toward That's right. where you really want to get to. You're going to drift downstream and really end up, you know, end up in the Gulf. <laughs> <laughs> in the place you don't want to go, right? Yeah, you certainly don't want to be in the... Take the easy path, right? right? Exactly. That's good. So <clears throat> he said, on the journey as I go along, stuff still comes up. Even old stuff, stuff from way back, thoughts I haven't had. And he said, you know, God gave me this picture. It's like a bubbling brook of past sin mm. in my own life. Mm. There's a little brook of bubbling stuff that just wants to come up and come up and come up and come up. Yeah. 
Isn't that a great picture? It's a bubbling brook, a little spring mm-hmm. of ucky stuff. And it's like, it's and another metaphor would be once you lance the, the wound, the pus has got to come out. That stuff's got to come up and come out so you can turn it over to the Father and get rid of it. And what I see here is that this obviously dovetails in with that growth is hard work, right? What it mean, what that means is you can, you know, you can make some positive steps, and and yet the reality is, is we're man, our sin is with us, and we're we're broken, and there's just things that are. We obviously have histories, and mm. what he's saying is, is that this is ongoing work. It's not like you can go, oh, hey, listen, if I get to this point then all that past stuff, it won't ever affect me anymore. Uh, I tell guys in the workshop all the time that one of the one of the things that I have to deal with even today, 18 plus years after I started this journey of recovery and growth, is the fact that I do have a past. And that oh. you can't you can't just say, hey, you know what, I want to erase that like it never happened. It's like <laughs> that is really good. It's, it's still part, part of, of your me. Story. Yeah. And so it's like I still have to wrestle with some of those memories and those kind of things. And so it's still an ongoing journey of of dealing with all those, like he said, the past bubbling brook of, <laughs> of sin. So he said, My past does not want to go away. Uh it is there all the time. It wants to beat me down, mm. right? It wants to define me. It wants to torment me. So I have to confess it, and I have to remind myself, you know what? I am forgiven. The sacrifice was for me. Yeah, I did stupid. I'm not doing stupid today. It is the past, and I, want, I don't want to dwell in the wrong. I mm. want to dwell in the rightness of my life. And I love that, the idea of... of uh no more dwelling on the negative or the, not to say that those things aren't realities, but it's kind of like, you know, we talk about the pink elephant principle, right? Right. If you just say, don't, 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 don't think about a pink elephant. Don't think about a pink elephant. Eventually you're moving in that direction. And so it's more about what you, what you are saying. I want to think about purity. I want to think about Mm. what's good and right and pure. So next comment, there are some rough times with my wife. Uh, and I'm learning this whole new realm of thinking. And it, it revolves around this thought. What serves my wife mm. and what does not serve her? Because I want to better learn to serve and care for my wife. Um, and I love her way more now after being on this journey for a year. I notice love grows in me as I serve her. Mm-hmm. And love has grown. You know, there's a there's a passage in Ephesians 5 that talks about husbands and wives, right? It talks about husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. In that passage, it talks about um, he who loves a wife loves himself. Mm. And so there's this idea that here's a guy that's getting clean. He's beginning to take care of himself in the sense of of getting pure and moving in that direction, dealing with this bubbling brook of past sins and not ignoring it, but really. And what ends up happening as his sense of health goes up, he puts his, pours his attention on his wife and what ends up happening. He who loves his wife loves himself. The idea is he's Mm. learning how to serve her because he is actually learning how to take care of his own character and integrity and a lot of people don't make that connection. They think that I can just do things for my wife mm-hmm. while I'm still an emotional, spiritual mess. 
and not realize, wait a second, oh. you're not you're not able to experience the fullness of what that service and love looks like right. when you're not taking taking care of yourself. So he then said, sometimes my wife gets so upset. Man, I've heard horrible things. She, as you know, people forget that as he gets clean and heals, then she has work to do. Oh, man, and yeah. so she's going to blow it out in his direction. And he says, when she's getting really upset, I just remind myself, Father, take care of your daughter. Mm. This is your daughter. Can you please help her? And then I try to keep as calm as I can. I don't want to get opposite her. I just let her talk and keep talking until she gets all her stuff out. In the past, I would fight. Mm. I'm not fighting anymore. Yeah. And that's a good, that's a, man, I don't know if I can have anything to add to that. I just say <laughs> amen on that. That's good. I am a next man said I'm a recovering people pleaser and I'm learning how to set boundaries and assert myself. Mm-hmm. And I have to practice self forgiveness also. Sometimes I'm hard on myself. Um, and, and there's no room in my life for shame anymore. I used to just be so hard on me. So I'm I'm throwing a lot at you here. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a recovering people pleaser. I'm trying to assert myself, but I got to forgive myself. Well, I see and, all these things actually connected together because when I think about that practicing of self-forgiveness and then being mm-hmm. a recovering people pleaser, think about how easy it is to beat yourself up if you think that you haven't fully pleased somebody else. If oh, they, yeah. They can be hard you on yourself. So those things I think are very connected, <clears throat> you know, because um, there's a lot of reasons why you can have you know, a lack of self-forgiveness. And, you know, in his case, I think it's because, well, man, if you're always trying to please people and they don't respond the way you want them to, uh, you know, you, you right. Really you failed up. and you can blame and trash yourself. I like what he says about learning to set healthy boundaries. Um, because I think, you know, otherwise you can say yes to everything, right? If, especially if you're a people pleaser, it's hard for a people pleaser to say no. That's right, yeah. And so that's huge, I think, in his growth is being able to say, hey, I know where I need margin and I need to be able to say no to certain things in order, you know, mm-hmm. for that self-care. So the last man, number five, says, it's been a long year. I find myself getting in trouble and then I get out of trouble. <laughs> then I get in trouble and then I get out of trouble. It's like, that sounds like my story or something. That's life, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, There's scars that are not healed that we're still working on. Mm. Uh, Sometimes I sound like a spiritual soapbox because I know all the right answers. I know all the spiritual answers. I know what I'm supposed to do and believe. But sometimes those scars, they Mm. just, they get rubbed and they're sort of fragile and and I do stupid, and well, I let me, know the right. And let me things. cut in on that right now because this is a this is a deal that you like to talk about all the time. Because the immediate connection I see there, Stephen, mm-hmm. is something that you always love to harp on, right? I'm listening. What's he What's he done? He says I have all the spiritual answers, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So he has it all tied up neatly in a bow in his head. Oh, that's right? good. Right. And what did he just say though? I got a lot yeah. of scars that are unhealed. Where is that? That's his emotions, right? right? So he's having this battle that so many men have, which is, hey, I got all this spiritual stuff figured out because I got great doctrine in my head and it all makes sense and it all fits and it's logical and blah, blah, blah. 
But boy, I still got some. Uh, you know, I get into trouble. I get out of trouble. <laughs> I get into trouble. There's Look this at em- my scars. There's this emotional bad. roller coaster, right? That yeah. he's on. That's good. And I mean, that's that is the challenge. How do you get all your spiritual stuff down into your emotional system, or how do you get uh, more? peace in your emotional system so you can enjoy the spiritual stuff Mm -hmm. i mean that's sort of the challenge that we have absolutely so he says sometimes i actually feel hopeless and then i move back to hope i guess this goes with i get in trouble (laughs) i get out of trouble exactly i have hope then i lose hope and he said i I am learning to love better Mm. love myself better take better care of myself make better choices and I'm learning how to love my wife better too. Mm-hmm. I love all the all the relational connections that these guys have made in this past year. Because, you know, a lot of times guys come to the workshop, and rightly so, they're thinking about, my life is a mess. I'm looking at pornography. I'm doing these sexual things. And so they recognize, I got to get some stuff squared, squared away. And they're not necessarily always thinking in a relational context, other than maybe, hey, I just want to save my marriage, I don't lose my wife, those kind of things. But I'm hearing a richness in all these guys that they're starting to see the connection between the personal growth that they have in terms of pursuing purity and the effect that it's having in terms of opening their eyes to all these relational truths. Right, and the real mission, to love well, not to lust well. Exactly. Right, when you say open my eyes, I thought I was supposed to go take care of myself in this little fantasy sort of way so I could have a few minutes of feel good. Yeah. And no, it's love well. Well, so listeners, we hope that just even being able to share just some of the insights that these guys have had uh, in their first year after the workshop and just the growth that they've had will encourage you to keep pressing on, plug in, uh, you know, lean into other people along the way. And as you as you travel through this journey of pursuing greater integrity, please feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to help you along the way. And uh, we look forward to having you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. God bless. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.